0: 2
1: Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17 as we will be today 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17 as we're going through the book of 2 Corinthians Paul here is writing to the church uh, to the Christians and to us today amen these passages, this Bible is relevant today. This Bible is the living inspired word of God. It never goes out of style, it never goes out of date, and it never gets old. Amen. It is applicable today. So Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. The Bible says, Therefore, if any be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things are passed away. Behold, All things are become new. This is a very, very famous verse. If anyone's in Christ, that is, if that person is saved, if they're born again, if they're bought by the blood of Jesus, their name is written in the Lamb's book of life, they've realized they're a sinner in need of a Savior, repented, asked forgiveness for those sins, they put their faith and trust in the finished work of the cross, that the Lord Jesus Christ, that he was died on the cross, that he was buried, and he rose again the third day, amen? If anyone is in Christ, that is, that person saved, the Bible says they are a new creature, you know, before you are saved, you judged everything by human standards. Before you were saved, you judged the church by your human standards. Before you were saved, you judged the preacher by human standards. And I'm here to tell you, before you were saved, you judged the Bible by human standards. That just becomes natural. That's that's how we are as, as people. And when you're not saved and you don't have the Holy Spirit living within you, that's all that you have is your own self to judge things. But the moment that you're saved, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, moves in. And you know when you hear a person say, Amen, in church, when their preacher's preaching or you're reading God's Word and something stands out to you, that's because that's the Holy Spirit inside you bearing witness with your spirit the holy spirit is bearing witness with your spirit that hey that is true that is true that is true that is true and that's why a person will say amen in church that's why a verse will speak to your heart amen it's the holy spirit showing you and realizing that that is true that is for you but before you were saved you didn't have that you judged everything by your human standards. But now that you are saved, everything has changed. Everything is different. Those old methods of judging, they're passed away. Behold, all things become new. In other words, you're looking, looking through God's eyes through the eyes of Scripture. I remember when I got saved and I got to go to work the very next morning, I never felt so light in all my life. I never had so much peace in all my life. I never felt so, had so much comfort in all my life. I remember standing there waiting to get in my vehicle, looking up because it wasn't even daylight lit and thinking, I am right with God. I am right with the creator. My heart is right with him. And that's why I have so much peace. It's unexplainable, but God can give you that peace that passes all understanding. And that's what I'm talking about. I couldn't even understand. it. I just knew that I had it. I knew that I was right. With God, I knew that the weight and the penalty of sin no longer hung over me and my life, that I had been forgiven, that Jesus had removed that from me. And I was so thankful and had so much peace in my heart. And I still do. And so now that you're saved, those those old methods of judging people are gone. Oh, that doesn't mean you won't wrestle with your flesh neither. Oh, no, no. That doesn't mean, we're going to talk about that in just a minute But listen to what the verse says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so when you read that verse, you can be apt to think that once you're saved, that all the old habits, all the old evil thoughts, all the old lustful looks, they're forever, I'm done away with all of that. I'm never dealing with that again. But how we know that's not true. The Bible even talks about wrestling with the flesh, wrestling with the old man. It tells you to put off... What? The old man. That's your old nature. So what is this verse talking about? What does it mean all things become new? If I still have to wrestle with sin and I still have to drag around the old man, my old flesh nature, what is this verse talking about? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now listen to me. This is very, very important. This verse does not describe a Christian, a believer's action. This verse... Describes a person's position with God once they're saved. That is so important for you to understand. This person is, this verse is describing. A person's position before God after they're saved. Now, do you have a new nature? Absolutely, the Holy Spirit moves in, Amen. And you have a new nature, a new desires. The Bible says you will desire the sincere milk of the Word like a baby. You're a newborn baby. All things become new. You're learning God's Word. You're learning about Him. You're learning His ways and His wills and His wants for your life, Amen. You will desire. That you would desire to be around preaching. You would desire to be around God's people. You would desire his word. You'll have those new desires. That new nature. But you still have a sin nature to fight. And that will. As long as you're in this flesh. As long as you're in this body. You will have that battle. It, It may be a battle. on Even on your very last day. You will have a battle. With this flesh. But one day. When we leave this body, when we go to be with the Lord, amen, forever, we'll no longer have that battle. But while we're in this flesh, we will. And so this verse is talking about that new person, your new position before God, amen? Those old things are passed away. Uh, where you were on your way to hell. You were a hellbound sinner. You were going to pay for your own sins, but now you're in Christ. Amen. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and God sees you as he sees his son, holy, just, and righteous. Amen. Thank God for that. He makes all things new. Notice this verse doesn't say, notice it says that if anyone's in Christ, that's the key to the whole verse right there in Christ. Old things are passed away, all new things become new. It doesn't say, uh, in me, uh, in myself, uh, turn over a new life, uh, go to a build a better life seminar, go to a... No, it doesn't say any of those things. It's not talking about in me. I'm telling you right now, the Bible says that there is nothing good that dwells within you. And that is hard to take, isn't it? Because we naturally want to say, but I'm a good person. But the Bible says, listen to me, the Bible says, no, there's none good, no, not one. And that's why Jesus came to die on the cross, because we can't earn our way. You cannot be good enough to make it in heaven. But Jesus loved you enough that he paid the way for you. That verse does not say in me, in yourself, all things are new. No, it says in Christ's in Christ, makes you a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. And that's the key right there. It's in Christ. And even after you're saved, that's where you're going to get your joy. That's where you're going to get your peace. That's where you're going to get your comfort in Christ. That's where you can be a good father in Christ. That's where you can be a good husband in Christ. That's where you can be a good mother in Christ. That's where you can be a good wife in Christ. In Christ. Christ will bring out the best in you. Christ will strengthen your marriage like you could never dream of. When you put yourself second, even your own marriage vows say nothing about you being first. It's all about you sacrificing for the other person. But see, when Christ is at the center of your marriage, when Christ is the head of the home, when Christ is the one leading the way, amen, then things are right between you and God, and things are right between you and your spouse, and things are right between you and your children, when you are in Christ, like that verse says. Look with me now in the next verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of of reconciliation all things are of god the bible says isn't that so true there's not one thing in your life uh, except for sin that didn't come from god all any good thing is from god people love to blame god for the bad things why would god allow this to happen why would god allow you to take another breath why does god allow all the good things why does god allow all the prosperous things so if you're gonna blame God for the bad things, you've got to blame him for all the good things too. The Bible says, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. See, it wasn't God that needed reconciling, it was us. And God did it through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. All things are of God. In other words, he is the source, source, and author of Of them all. Uh, There is no ground for any person to boast or brag or, or lift themselves up. But I can't say much for the ladies, but I know for a man, a man can easily lift himself up in pride. A man can easily say, I'm not like him because I never did this or I never did that or I never made that decision. I never went there. I never cheated on my spouse. I never did drugs. I never drank. I never chewed. Never did any of those things. It's so easy. Whatever the case is, you can pick somebody apart in a thousand ways in your mind. But listen to me, when you are picking them apart, you are lifting yourself up. And the one thing God hates is pride. The Bible says, Yea, does seven things God hate, and the very first thing he lists is pride. And according to this verse, there's no ground for any person to be a bragger or a boaster. And by the way, God doesn't like a bragger or a boaster, but the truth is, you don't either. We don't like somebody's always bragging on themselves, on this and on that. Look how great I am, how wonderful. Nobody likes that, except for the person that's doing it to themselves. Nobody else wants to hear it. So they're just listening to themselves talk, but God certainly doesn't like it because all that's pride coming out of them. So it is the same God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So God reconciled us to himself, through the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, by his death on the cross, his burial, and his resurrection, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. But now that we're saved, God has reconciled us in Jesus Christ. He has given us something, and he has given us this ministry of reconciliation. What do I mean? I'm talking about you go forth telling people about Jesus, how they too can be reconciled to God through the Lord Jesus Christ, just like you have been. That's what he's talking about, the ministry of reconciliation. You say, but I'm not a preacher. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a missionary. I'm not. No, but if you're saved, you're a child of God and you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility, whether it be by word, by letter, by by writing a book, whatever it is, God has given you something to do and you need to do it. And you say, well, I haven't heard from God in a while. Well, let me just tell you, you think back at five years, 10 years, 15 years, however long it's been to the last thing God told you to do and you start doing it. And I'm going to tell you what, God, I start speaking to you you again and telling you the next thing to do. Why would God give you something else to do if you didn't do the last thing that he commanded you to do? He has given you a ministry. He's given us a ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. Not that you can reconcile anybody, but you can tell them about the one that can. You can tell them about the one that came, that died on that cross, that laid down his life so that they could be saved, so they could be right with God, so they could spend all eternity in the presence of a thrice holy God. God has given us that ministry. What a great and wonderful, but also a giant amount of responsibility we have that we have this ministry to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Look with me now in the next verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 19. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation here is explained as the message that God was in Christ in reconciling the world to Himself. It's pretty simple. We complicate it sometimes, but it's pretty simple according to the Bible. That's the ministry of reconciliation, that God sent his son. He gave his son to die on the cross so that we could be right with God. And so we understand this first, that God was, in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. In other words, he was reconciling the world but he was doing it in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is the physical representation of God. Well, but wait, aren't they one? Isn't the Father the Holy Spirit? The Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, all one. Yes, they are. But the Bible says that God is a spirit. God is a spirit. That's why he says that you must worship him in spirit and truth. Jesus is the physical representation resemblance of God, the, the 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 physical person that is God himself. Jesus is God, but so is the Holy Spirit. And you say, fully explain that. I can't. I just can fully believe it. Amen. And that's all you have to do too, is fully believe it. I don't fully understand air, but I know I need it. And so what do I do? I breathe because I need it. I'm telling you now, you need Jesus, whether you realize it or not. So Jesus is the physical representation of god himself in the flesh he is god in the flesh in other words god doesn't need to be reconciled but us people man sinful people need to be reconciled to him and before you say, well wait a minute i'm not i'm not a sinner i'm not in jail i never murdered nobody i never committed no big crime but the bible says that even if you thought it it's just like you doing it Even if you hated your brother for no reason, it's like committing murder, the Bible says. Even if you've looked with lust, it's just like you committed adultery. That's what the Bible says. So God doesn't need to be reconciled, but we do. And that is done through the person of the Lord, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that he doesn't impute your trespasses. In other words, he takes the penalty of sin that is hanging over your head and he removes it and he lays it on Christ. Now, Christ already paid for it. But just because Christ died on the cross doesn't mean that the whole world is already reconciled. No, you have to take the whole Bible into context because it would be easy for you to read this verse and say, wow, the whole world saved. God said he reconciled the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them, and committing unto us the word of reconciliation. But you have to take all the rest of Scripture into account that the Bible says ye must be born again. The Bible says that ye must be saved. The first thing John the Baptist preached was repent. The very first thing that Jesus preached was repent. Do I dare say it is very, very important to do what the Bible says, repent and put your faith and trust in Jesus. So don't read this verse and think the whole world saved just because Jesus died on the cross. No, they have the ability to be saved. They have the ability to have their sins forgiven through Jesus But it just doesn't come to the whole world. No, it's a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Just because your grandma was saved or your dad was saved or your dad was a preacher or you grew up in a Christian home or your grandma knew God and she had 45 Bibles, that doesn't help you one single bit. You have got to realize you're a sinner in need of a Savior. It is personal. I'm telling you, when you stand before God, there's going to be nobody standing there beside you holding your hand saying, well, they was pretty good. Well, no, no, you're going to give an account for every word, deed, thought, and action that you did in your life. But I'm here to tell you, when you get saved, when you get reconciled into God through Jesus, God wipes all that away. And that's what he said, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Amen. It's only in those who are in Christ. The trespasses of unsaved are on them. But the moment these people trust the Lord Jesus as Savior, they are made righteous in him and their sins, the Bible says, their sins are blotted out. And then goes on to say that God has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, I'm here to tell you that it has such a serious ministry. That it's such a serious charge that he has given us to do. You listen to me. He didn't even give the angels such a charge. But he gave it to us. Poor, feeble mankind. He gave it to us to go forth and tell and preach the gospel. Isn't that something? The Bible says that even the angels desire to look into our salvation. They're amazed by it. God didn't even give the angels such a charge to go forth and tell them about Jesus. He gave me and you that charge, that ministry. Amen. Let's make sure we are fulfilling it. Verse number 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be. Ye reconciled to God. You know what an ambassador is? An ambassador is a minister of the state representing his own ruler in a foreign land. The United States of America has ambassadors and we will send them to another country. And in that other country, they represent the United States of America. Even though they are in a foreign land, they are representing us. That's a perfect picture of what a Christian does here on earth. This is a foreign land. We're just passing through. But the Bible says that you are an ambassador for Christ. You are a representative of Christ in this foreign land. And he has given you that charge, amen, that they need to be reconciled unto God. What a high calling. Did you realize that God has put such a charge and give you such a high calling? You say, but I'm not a preacher, I'm not an evangelist, I'm not a mission. It doesn't matter. The Bible says you are an ambassador for Christ. You are to represent Him in this foreign land. Amen. Let's make sure we're doing a good job of representing our Lord Jesus Christ as being ambassadors for Christ. Christ. So Paul always speaks of the Christian ministry as it's exalted, it's a dignified, it's the highest calling a person could ever have, especially if you've been called to preach. In my mind, and according to scripture, I don't believe there is any other higher calling that God could put on a man than to preach his word word especially especially when God himself says in Psalms that he holds his word above his own name that's how important his word is to him and then I tell you what preacher if you're if you're listening you better take that serious too because God's going to hold you accountable for what you say if he's put a calling on your life amen he's going to hold you accountable let's make sure let's make sure that we're studying and preaching the truth of God's word verse number 21 For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Just that verse. He has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. The person that didn't even know sin. The Bible says that he has made him to be sin for who? For you and for me. Amen. He laid it on him. So much so that that Jesus cried out on the cross. Do you know how bad that must have hurt him? My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me when God turned his back on his son because he could not look at sin, but he made Jesus to be sin. But wait, Jesus said, I lay my life down willingly, no man can take it from me. So even though he knew it was going to be hard, he still went through it because of the love that he had for me and for you and for every person that's ever been born. He wants them to be saved. And you know you do the same. Anything worth doing is not easy, right? And Jesus Jesus knew that if I was going to save mankind, if I was going to save their soul from hell, if I was going to remove the penalty of sin from on top of their heads so that they could be with God Almighty forever and ever and ever, it's not going to be easy. But I willingly lay down my life for you. He made him sin. That, why? That us sinners might be made righteous before it thrice holy God, that when we stand before him, will be white as snow, that we'll see he will see his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176.